Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Fake. Jared Bailey with you as always, USA Today, SB Nation, A to Z Sports. No podcast last week. I was in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, so no pod last week, back now. And if you are either watching the video, listening to it as a podcast, you see the title of the video. It's my first mock draft, which came out in USA Today yesterday. And I'm going to go over that. Today, not going to dive in like deep into every pick, but I'll let you know about every pick um, and give you the reasons why on some of the bigger ones. And starting with the first pick, right out the gate, being the events that transpired with the Washington Commanders hiring Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator, a swung for the fences with the first pick and have the Washington commanders trading up from two to one and drafting quarterback Caleb Williams out of USC. Obviously things are going to change and come out about certain things and whatnot in the next two and a half, three months as it pertains to the number one overall pick, depending on what the bears decide to do, um, who they're most comfortable with taking, whether that be, Caleb Williams or Drake May or even Jaden Daniels. But I think it's pretty widely accepted that it is going to be a quarterback for the Bears. But with the commanders seemingly leaning into, okay, let's go get Cliff. That's our new OC who was just with Caleb Williams at USC. It feels like they are making a play to try to get Caleb Williams. And under new ownership, new GM, you know, uh, I would expect that type of aggressiveness from the commanders in this new era of of football for them. Now, again, all this depends on how the Bears feel about Caleb and if they would be willing to even make that move in the first place. I get that. But as of right now, gut feeling is that the commanders move up to one and take Caleb Williams. Number two... After the trade down, the Bears take Drake May, quarterback out of North Carolina. And I know a lot of Bears fans are getting PTSD from hearing that. (laughs) Taking a North Carolina quarterback who wears number 10 at number two overall in the draft. That is as close to Groundhog Day as you can get in the NFL. Now, I will say this. Drake May is much more pro-ready from what I've seen compared to what Mitch Trubisky was. He's got a better arm than Mitch ever really did coming out of school. And this also, I think that he would work well with new offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. Where if he can play within structure and make all the necessary throws, they need to get him some help at receiver. But if he can do all the necessary things, then I like what, what Drake May brings to the table in terms of, okay, you know, with the Shane Waldron, Can you be effective? Can you be successful? And I think Drake May can be. 
and he goes to the Chicago Bears at number two. This one, the number three pick, I, I feel, is going to change because it's always weird, especially when we have a lot of quarterback needy teams, teams that can move up. There's going to be at least one trade up. I already projected one, but there's going to be more. There almost always is in the draft, you know, a ton of trade ups, a ton of moving around. Um, and again, as we get closer to the draft, we're going to find out more about, okay, how do certain teams feel about certain people? And where does that leave us? But for right now, I have the New England Patriots taking Jaden Daniels, quarterback at LSU, Heisman Trophy winner. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi sure ain't it, man. There's not it. And, you know, you got a new head coach, Gerard Mayo, new offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt. Get a new quarterback, start completely fresh and go into 2024 really as the new New England Patriots with just a completely new look in terms of who's running the show, who's taking the snaps. Now, again, there's still plenty of free agent quarterbacks, you know, like a Kirk Cousins. We don't know where he's going to go, you know, what happens with Justin Fields. You know, there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement. But again, mock draft 1.0. A lot of things can change between now and the draft. And that is one of the number three pick, I think, is a pick that I personally am going to be moving around a lot. But for right now, Jaden Daniels out of LSU goes to the Patriots. Number four, I think this one's pretty chalk at this point. Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Arizona Cardinals. They need receivers for Kyler Murray. And he's the best one in the NFL draft. You don't really have to dive into that any further. I think that that's pretty, if he's there at four, he's going to Arizona. Number five is interesting, though, for the Chargers because they need weapons for Justin Herbert. Obviously, uh, Jim Harbaugh coming over being the new head coach. And Harbaugh is a guy who, you know, is going to lean into the run game. They just hired Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator, so they're going to really emphasize the the run game to help out Justin Herbert. Um, so I could see this pick changing and becoming, you know, a Brock Bowers out of Georgia, the tight end. Uh, but for right now... I'm having the Chargers take Malik Neighbors, the receiver out of LSU. Because you look at the current receivers for the Chargers, Keenan Allen, while he's still playing well, is old. Mike Williams is always hurt. And there's a decent chance that Mike Williams is gone because they got to find a way to create cap space. And Quentin Johnson hasn't been good since they took him. He had a very disappointing rookie year. And so if Malik Neighbors is on the board, which he likely will be, you got to get Justin Herbert some weapons. Again, this could turn into a Brock Bowers in the future just because of the uh, the offense that, that Jim Harbaugh tends to run, style of offense that he tends to run, a lot of heavy sets, and they don't really have a number two tight end. I, I think Gerald Everett actually might be a free agent as well, so they might not even have any tight ends right now. I have to go and look at that. But again, mock draft 1.0, Malik Neighbors, the receiver, out of LSU to the Chargers. And then 6 through 10, the Giants take an, another receiver, the third receiver off the board in the top 10. Roma Dunze out of Washington goes to the Giants, similar to the Cardinals, where we know that they need receivers. They don't have a legit number one guy. Whomever that quarterback is, is going to need somebody to throw to. The Giants are also a team that I could see moving up to that three spot with New England and switching making that trade because we know that the answer for them at quarterback is not on the roster right now. We know that Daniel Jones is not that 
you know, for damn sure Tommy DeVito is not that. So I could see them being a team that moves up, makes that move to get, you know, a Jaden Daniels or a Drake May, whomever is there. Uh, but for right now, they take Roma Dunze, the receiver out of Washington. The Tennessee Titans need offensive tackle help. They take Joe Alt out of Notre Dame at number seven. The Atlanta Falcons take edge rusher Dallas Turner. Now for Atlanta, that's another team depending on what they do at the quarterback position, whether it be uh, in a trade or free agency if they decide to make a move for a Justin Fields or if they bring in Kirk Cousins. You know, they could also be one of those teams that could be trying to move up to three with the Patriots. And it wouldn't shock me if they if they did do that. Again, just all depends on what happens between now, free agency, and then the draft. But as of right now, Dallas Turner coming in to help that pass rush in Atlanta at number eight. And then the Chicago Bears, Brock Bowers at number nine. I like this for Chicago. Whomever the quarterback's going to be, give him a safety blanket and a guy that can really make things happen out of the tight end spot like Brock Bowers. I know that Cole Komet's already there, but if anything, you know, you've got a guy that you can make you know, a big slot option, line up at tight end, give you some help as a run blocker. So a versatile guy like Brock Bowers I think would be very fun in Chicago with a Drake May or whomever the quarterback will be. But Brock Bowers goes to Chicago at nine. And the number 10, Olu Fashanu, the offensive tackle out of Penn State, goes to the Jets. The Makai Becton thing's interesting, um, but they need to solidify protection on the offensive line. And right now, you know, that is arguably the worst offensive line in football. They dealt with it a lot last year in terms of Zach Wilson running for his life, Tim Boyle running for his life. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, you know, having the injury that he sustained. So, they need some protection up front for Aaron Rodgers and Olufushanu, one of the best offensive tackles in this draft, can certainly be the guy to help do it. So to recap the top 10, number one, the commanders trade up and take Caleb Williams. The Bears are now at number two and take quarterback Drake May. The Patriots take quarterback Jaden Daniels out of LSU. The Cardinals take Marvin Harrison Jr., the Chargers take wide receiver Malik Neighbors out of LSU. The Giants take receiver Rome Adunze out of Washington. Tennessee Titans take the first offensive lineman of the draft going Joe Alt out of Notre Dame. The Atlanta Falcons take edge rusher Dallas Turner from Alabama. The Bears take tight end Brock Bowers. And the Jets take Olu Fashano, the offensive tackle, out of Penn State. Now, in terms of the rest of the first round, like I said, I'm not going to you know, make a giant deep dive into every pick. We'd be here all day. Um, one of the picks that I saw getting a lot of, uh, talk, um, I know that my guys, uh, Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson talked about it on the Lockdown NFL draft podcast, um, Bo Nix to Denver at 12. So let me clarify this. Um, I was in Mobile. I watched Bo Nix. I mean, no disrespect to Bo Nix. That is not a first round talent. Bo Nix might not be a second round talent. He did not have a good week. And, you know, watching him for the entire week, you, it very much stands out how much the Oregon offense really protected him and leaned away from his weaknesses and let uh, guys like Troy Franklin really make the plays 
it was it was an offense that relied a lot on yak and didn't really need Bo, Bo Nix to make plays downfield. Um, but I do have him going twelve to Denver again. It's not what I think should happen, but I absolutely. I mean, Denver is in a position where they need a quarterback. I think Bo Nix would run Sean Payton's offense. You know, in terms of the prototype of quarterback that Sean Payton offenses usually work with, Bo Nix fits that prototype. Um, I could see a team panicking and taking a quarterback, and I could see Denver being the team to do it because they've been pretty trigger happy when it comes to quarterbacks over the past half decade since Peyton Manning retired. Really, um, it's been a lot, you know, the the Paxton Lynch thing, the Trevor Simeon thing. Um, they they've had a lot of bad luck as it pertains to quarterbacks. Um, so I could see them being the team that's like, ah, crap, we need a quarterback. Bo Nix, sure, we'll try it. Um, again, not what I would do, but what I see happening. Is Bonix getting severely overdrafted and blowing up in Denver's face? Um, in terms of other notable picks in the first round, uh, the Seahawks getting uh, Laitu Latu, the edge rusher out of UCLA. I think that would be a really good pick for their defense. Um, Seattle's in an interesting spot where you know they just hired Mike McDonald, and I think a guy like Latu, you know, could be that. I think he's obviously more talented than Jadavion Clowney is, but seeing what Clowney did for the Ravens defense, you fill that with Laitu Latu. I think that uh, Mike McDonald would have a lot of fun with him off the edge for uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So that's a pick that I think will be really fun from a schematic standpoint and from a team standpoint where I think both player and coach would really enjoy that pairing. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking the best center in this draft. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. He was as advertised, man. He looked really good in Mobile. Um, in terms of just his frame, his stature, the dude's a house. And he looked good in drills. He looked good in team periods. Like He he went down there and did what he intended to do, which was I, he knew he was the best. He went out and showed it. He didn't participate in day three of practice or the game because he got everything accomplished that he needed to in the first two days of practice. Um, so, yeah, I know that teams are usually hesitant to take centers in the first round. But when you got a guy like this who can really lock down your offensive line and really become a building piece for your team, the Steelers have been in center purgatory since Marquise Pouncey retired. And they passed on a guy like Creed Humphrey a few years ago who has become one of the best centers in football. We've seen what a center like Frank Ragnow can mean to a team in Detroit. I think that the Steelers would be perfectly, it would be perfectly, perfectly acceptable if they decided to take uh jackson powers johnson and have two jpjs on their team with joey porter jr on the defensive side of the ball and then jackson powers johnson on the offensive side of the ball to build their respective units around uh the steelers would still need a you know a left tackle which i think you know if you look at other guys that were down in mobile i think a guy like um uh, patrick paul out of houston would be great i talked to a um a player personnel um, member in, in Mobile, and they said, yeah, Patrick Paul is the best pass protector in this draft, and that's including Olufashanu, that's including Joe Alt. They think that Patrick Paul is a better pass protector than both of them. So that says a lot, and if he's there in the second round, I mean, if the Steelers can get a JPJ at center and then get a Patrick Paul at left tackle right there, I mean, you might have your offensive line fixed because those are the two biggest holes. Um and if you can get that offensive line fixed, if you can become just a really dominant team when it comes to running the ball to set up, you know, play action type stuff, which Arthur Smith likes to do, their new offensive coordinator likes to do, I think that's what they should really lean lean into. Um, I don't think it makes them a Super Bowl contending team, but 
it does make them better and builds that next building block to get to where they need to be in order to contend in the AFC, which is absolutely loaded. So I think Jackson Powers Johnson to, to Pittsburgh would be a great pick. I think Steelers fans would love him. And uh, as a Steelers fan, I'm a little biased when it comes to that pick, but I would absolutely love it. So hopefully that pans out. Um, another notable pick, um, sticking in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, cornerback Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, who was the best cornerback in Mobile. There's a lot of questions about his ability to play in press man, and he answered all of those questions both in team periods and one-on-ones. He was the best cornerback in Mobile. He did fantastic. The Eagles desperately need quarterbacks because James Bradbury's old and took a step back. Darius Slay's getting older. They need corners. Uh, and Quinion Mitchell would be a tremendous addition for them. And I really like that pairing a lot where um, he, you know, if you can learn from a guy like Darius Slay while also being, I think, I think it'd be similar to Joey Porter Jr. going to Pittsburgh and having Patrick Peterson there. I think Darius Slay's better at this point in his career than Patrick Peterson was this past year. But Mitchell would start immediately while also learning from a guy like Darius Slay. I think that would be a great spot for him. I think it would be great for the Eagles to build their secondary for the future getting Quinion Mitchell, one of my favorite picks uh, of, of the first mock. Another one of my favorite picks, which my boy Keith Sanchez was not a fan of on the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. It's okay, Keith. I still love you. You're still great. Um, Georgia wide receiver, Lad McConkey going to the Houston Texans at 23. I know a lot of people, there might be some people who also don't like this because you, know, you look at Houston and you say, okay, well, they got Nico Collins. They got Tank Dell. Why take another receiver? My answer to that is no disrespect to Nico Collins. He wasn't a predominant one until CJ Stroud got there. Tank Dell is great, but you can never have enough weapons, especially in the loaded AFC. And you look at, you know, a team like Cincinnati, who for the past three years had a really good trio of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. When you face a team, you need to build to beat the Chiefs. Right. And when you look at how the Bengals did it, well, yes, they played good defense in the second half of the AFC championship game, but they also had a ton of answers. And so if you're Houston and you're building to beat the Chiefs, well, they've got two really good corners and Legarius Sneed, who they're going to bring back, and Trent McDuffie. You need a third option. Enter Lad McConkey. And you can rotate him around. You can put Tank Dell on the slot, put Lad out wide. You can move those from you know from Z to slot. I think that there's some some versatility there schematically. I think it makes too much sense. Where again, you're scheming, you're building to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Because if you want to get to the Super Bowl, we've seen teams like Buffalo who have shown it does not matter how great your quarterback is, you got to have the weapons to get there. Baltimore didn't have the weapons to get there. Lamar Jackson didn't play a great game. The Bills, they didn't have the weapons to get there. Didn't matter how much Josh Allen ran all over them. They needed a guy to make a play downfield. And, you know, they had the opportunities to do it. They didn't have the horses to make it happen. So if you're the Houston Texans, get as many weapons as you can. And behind them, you still have a Xavier Hutchin and a John Mechie. Still got Dalton Schultz and Bevan Jordan at tight end. You got to get as many weapons as you possibly can. Take advantage of C.J. Stroud's rookie deal while you can and just build as much of a monster offensively as you can. Because another thing that we've seen is you can be good defensively, but you got to score points, man. And Houston can score points with the best of them already. You add a lad McConkie into that. I, I think that Houston could be a sleeper Super Bowl contender with that offense. So 
that's one of my favorite picks. Again, I know some people might push back, you know, you say, okay, you know, the Texans should maybe take a corner there or, or something of that. And I get that. Um, but it's a long draft. And when you, you can get a playmaker like that, you can get a weapon like that. You can't pass it up. So Lad McConkey at 23, who was voted the best receiver in mobile at the senior bowl by his peers. Um, there's a lot of versatility there. There's a lot that Bobby Slowick could do with him. And I think CJ Stroud would really like him as well. Uh, that is one of my favorite picks. And again, I understand that there are more needs that the Houston Texans have on the defensive side of the ball, especially um, at cornerback to have somebody opposite of Derek Stingley. Steven Nelson's going to be a free agent this year. Um, but regardless, those are needs that can be addressed later on and in free agency, they still have money. Like these are, these are things that can be addressed. So I think that if Houston plays their cards, right. Addresses those needs in free agency. And even later on in the draft, Lad McConkey going there makes perfect sense to me. You can't have enough weapons in, today, in today's NFL. And if you want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you got to have weapons. And Nico Collins and Tank Dell are nice. Add a Lad McConkey in there and make it that much harder on Kansas City because that's what you got to scheme to build. That's what you got to build to get past is the Chiefs. And I think that McConkey can, can get them there. So again, that's one of my favorite picks of the draft. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, the cornerback out of Alabama. I have going to green Bay. Um, doesn't really need defending there. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the nation. The Packers need help on the back end. So they get him at 25. I, I enjoyed that pick a lot personally. Um, the bills who also need a receiver get Troy Franklin out of Oregon. There's some worries about Troy Franklin's size. He's got kind of that Devonte Smith bill where he's tall, lanky and skinny. Um, but a playmaker. And that is what Buffalo needs right now. I don't think they're going to bring back Gabe Davis because, you know, for better or worse, he disappears when it comes to the passing game a lot. You know, he'll have, you know, one game every six weeks where he pops off. We saw that, you know, against Tampa Bay this year and against the Chargers this year. But there was plenty. I think there was five games where he had one or few or one or zero catches. So he uh, I don't see them bringing back Gabe Davis. They need to bring in as much talent as they can in terms of receivers to help out Josh Allen and frankly, Stefan Diggs, because I don't think Stefan Diggs is that, you know, we saw it was a tale of two halves, a tale of two halves for Stefan Diggs, where he started off the year really hot, had five games in the first six weeks where he had over a hundred yards receiving. And then in the final like two months of the year, he you knows a lot of four catches for 48 yards, four catches for 27 yards, um, three catches for he fell off. Um, and a lot of that was the bills, you know, like against Dallas where he only had four catches for, I think it was 30 yards. The bills ran for almost 300 yards. So that's one thing, but you know, you look at his performances with very few and far between, you know, highlight games. He, he didn't have a great second half of the year. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's not separating as well as he used to at the intermediate level. And the bills need to get somebody multiple, somebody's really, who can come in and, and be, you know, that one B option. Will that be Troy Franklin? They hope so uh, in terms of this mock draft, but I think they need to go out and get somebody else that they can put in the slot because, you know, when they originally got to the AFC championship game in what was it 2020, you know, they had a Cole Beasley in the slot and that's when they were at their best was when they had that reliable slot option. They tried to replicate that with Jameson Crowder. It didn't work out that way. Um, so if they can get, a real outside option to complement Diggs, somebody to put in the slot. I would like Buffalo's chances a lot more. So they take Troy Franklin out of Oregon there. The Detroit Lions taking Tavondre Sweat. I think he's going to climb into the first round. 
in terms of pure domination, I think he might have been the best guy in Mobile at defensive tackle. Uh, if you haven't seen that video of him making, I think it was an Arkansas guard whose name is escaping me, like do bunny hops backwards and one-on-one drills. It, it was amazing, just his pure brute strength. And I think it was, what is he, 6'4", 330. He's a human. What's the best? What's the best? He, a What's the... It's from the longest yard. It's escaping me right now. Chris Berman calls Bob Sapp's character a a Coke machine with feet. That's what it is. A vending machine. Human vending machine to Vondre Sweat. I just had a small breakdown there. Trying to figure that out. But Devondre Sweat was tremendous, both in individual drills and team drills in the game itself. Um, I really liked what I saw all week from him. Um, and having him go to fill a need that the Lions really have on the defensive interior. I like that a lot, and I think that that would make their defense that much better. Having Tamandre Sweat, Aiden Hutchinson on the same defensive line, sign me up to watch that. Um, and getting Ben Johnson back was huge for for the Lions, and that gives me a lot more confidence that they can get back to where they just were. Um, but you add a guy like Tamandre Sweat to the uh, to their defensive line, you're gonna. I I, I like what he can do. He's gonna give them a lot of interior pressure within the run game and the pass game, and. I think he does climb into the first round. He's projected like a mid-second round guy right now. I, I really think he climbs up a lot. Um, in terms of guys who made the most money this week, he might be at the top of the list. Um, and then to round out the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs take Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State. Now, Keith Sanchez of Locked On Draft Podcast really likes Keon Coleman. I think Damian Parson does as well. Um, Keith Sanchez went as far to say that Teams in front of them should take Keon Coleman. Even if you don't need a receiver, do not let Patrick Mahomes get Keon Coleman. Um, so there's a lot of praise going around for the Florida State receiver. And um, the Chiefs, obviously, you know, Kadarius Tony's not good. He's probably not going to be back. Sky Moore hasn't been good. Um, they don't have anybody at receiver that's reliable outside of Rasheed Rice. So I expect them to make a move in the first round to get a receiver to complement Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey going into 2024 and depending on what happens in the Super Bowl, I mean, they could try to win their fourth ring in what five years, which would be absurd. So that would be interesting to see. Um, but those are the most notable picks um, in terms of other picks that fans may want to hear about. I can just kind of run through it really quick. Cincinnati Bengals at number 18, taking a Marius Mims, the tackle out of Georgia. They haven't been able to get their offensive line, right? They've tried so hard. It's not for lack of trying. They've invested so much money, whether it be into Orlando Brown, whether it be into Lyle Collins. They've tried to find an answer at tackle, and it just hasn't really worked. <laughs> and hopefully taking a Marius Mims, they find that answer at tackle. Uh, the Jaguars taking cornerback uh, Cooper DeGene out of Iowa, a guy who can play cornerback and safety. They desperately need help on the back end, man. Um, outside of Andre Sisco, they don't really have a – you know, really reliable, consistent guy back there. You know, they're starting guys like Rayshon Jenkins. Um, I think that uh, Darius Williams, Demarius, he needs help at cornerback. So Cooper DeGene, I think even if he isn't the pick, they do go corner in the first round because they need help at that spot desperately. Um, do the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Las Vegas Raiders taking Talies Fuaga, the offensive tackle out of Oregon State. Whoever their quarterback's going to be, they need help too. They need protected. 
I don't think it's going to be Aiden O'Connell. He'll probably, he might be like the week one starter, depending on what they do in the draft. If they take a guy in like the second round, you know, if they go the route of like Michael Penix or Spencer Rattler. Um, but whomever it is, needs protected in the pocket. A lot of people really like Fawaga. You know, in terms of this draft class where it's, you know, a lot of talk about Fashanu at a Penn State or Joe Alt at a Notre Dame, he's kind of been a guy that's been on the rise recently in terms of the mock drafts that I've seen, in terms of the people who are more in-depth of college football than I am, that I trust. So he's climbing up boards. Now I can see him going to the Raiders there. But in terms of the rest of my mock draft, if you want to know who your team took, and I did not list them yet, you can go read it at USA Today. Again, Jarrett Bailey, Mock Draft 1.0. Get you over there and read that mock draft. But those are like the biggest picks of my first mock. And if you want to know who your team took and I didn't mention them yet, this is my way of getting you to go read it. Because <laughs> again, it's only a day old, still trying to you know get people to read it as as many people to read it as possible. It's gotten a lot of love so far, so I appreciate you if you did read it already. Um, but head over to touchdownwire.usatoday.com and read my first mock draft. If your team wasn't mentioned yet. Um, in terms of other things coming, as we you know go into the offseason, I'm not going to be doing two shows a week anymore throughout the offseason. Um, at least not two normal shows. We will be bringing back Trivia Bowl, which has become you know, one of my favorite things to do. It's be what our third or fourth year doing those. So that'll be fun. Um, so we'll do you know a normal pod a week, just breaking down what's going on in the off season, and then we'll probably make Trivia Bowl a biweekly occurrence, um, just to you know, so people aren't getting burnt out, and plus everybody's got their own lives to live. So I'm not going to bug them to do it every week. Um, so that's just a content update on what's going to happen on the pod. Again, one show a week after the Super Bowl. I'll be back later on in the week to talk about the Super Bowl. Don't know who with yet. It'll probably be either, you know, Verderam, probably Verderam. Honestly, the Chiefs are playing in it. So I'm going to bug him and see if he'll want to come talk about it with me. Um, but yeah, after Super Bowl week, man, it'll be one show a week and then a bi-weekly trivia bowl with all your favorite guests of this show who frequent the pump fake. Um, outside of that, go read my the rest of my stuff at USA Today, not just the mock drafts. Uh, behind the Steel Curtain, it is eSports. Everything that I'm doing, appreciate your continued support. Appreciate your continued support for the show itself. I'll be back later on in the week to preview the Super Bowl. 49ers Chiefs will do that on Friday. 49ers Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I'll see you then. Thanks so much for tuning in to the first mock draft show of the year breaking down my mock draft 1.0. Again, if your team did not get mentioned, touchdownwire.usatoday.com and go read that now. Just came out yesterday. So if your team did not get mentioned, you want to know who I have been taking, go over touchdownwire.usatoday.com. I will see you guys later on in the week to preview the Super Bowl. It's the pump fake. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.